I'm Sherry Greco-Rikus, co-founder of Rappaport Rikus Capital Management. Welcome to the Maximize Your Return on Life podcast. As an investment advisor, I guide clients to reflect upon their core values as they make major life decisions. I will be interviewing real people with real stories who have embraced this approach to achieve success. I hope their stories will inspire you to maximize your return on life. Welcome, Candice Chow. Candice and I have known each other for a very long time, both Evanstonians, but we actually met maximizing our return on lives. We are both triathletes. So I met uh, Candice at a tri training program. And since then, we've networked and really gotten to know each other. So let me tell you a little bit about Candice. She's a community leader and entrepreneur. She served two terms on the Evanston-Skokie District 65. She was actually president and head of the finance committee. She had a very competitive primary in 2018, running for a Democratic House of Representatives. For many, many years, she had a consulting firm where she did strategic planning for nonprofits and entrepreneurs. But what we're really going to talk about today is a company she co-founded called Next Group. Next Group serves women who are pivoting their careers or re-entering the workforce. I really got to know Candace because we had a position open at our firm. We needed an office manager and we were looking for someone somewhat part-time, kind of working 10 to two or 10 to three. And I talked to Candace and she has an amazing offering where you can start someone as a temp, get to know them, see if things work out. And that was our uh, office manager, Jennifer Fogel. It worked out amazing. We ended up hiring her full-time. So that was a success story on our end. And I'm sure Candace will share many more success stories. So today we are gonna learn a little bit more about Candace her inspiration for starting Next Group and all the offerings that Next Group can help you, our listeners, maximize your return on life, advice for women who are pivoting their careers or thinking about re-entering. And then as always, we wanna hear how Candace maximizes her return on life. So first, let me turn it over to you, Candace. Did I miss anything about your bio or anything you'd like to add? I would say the only other thing, you know, I would add is that I am both a daughter and a mother and my mom raised me on her own. Uh, that return on investment piece was a financial independence was always really important to me and was impressed upon me as important by my mom for many, many years. Yes. And then being a mother of three girls, you know, that informs everything I do as hopefully a servant leader in, in a variety of ways. Yeah, I should have actually probably mentioned that first because I'm a mother of two girls, <laughs> but but it's it's important. And I think, you know, it does shape what I do. It shapes what you do. And I, I'm glad that you added that. So let's dive right into it. Next group has been phenomenal. I've actually referred people to you. You have amazing opportunities. So let's bring you back. I know you had some co-founders. How did you start Next Group? Let's let's bring you back to the beginning. Well, really, it was all about making this realization that women and, you know, we started in Evanston and we're pretty uber local focused in the beginning. Women are amazingly talented and sometimes they don't realize it. 
And other times employers don't realize it. I mean, I think that was the problem that we saw that we, that I felt and my co-founders felt like we could help solve. So the original concept came from one of our co-founders, Joan Sherman, who she herself had been out of the workforce for a number of years, raising two daughters. Previous to that, she had a, a wonderful career, MacArthur Foundation, International Development, USAID, um, but was really seeing some challenges in re-entering the workforce. And she sat down with her very good friend, who was a very good friend of mine, who was also was in academe and had a PhD from Stanford and Yale. And she too was having challenges in re-entering the workforce. Um, so both of them came to me uh, because they thought maybe I could figure out, uh, you know, a way to address this. And that's how Next Group started. And then what we decided to do, and I looped in actually our fourth founder, Melanie Wright, who had, I had known for about 20 years. She and I went to business school together at Kellogg here in Evanston at, at Northwestern. And she had been working on career advising and helping others, you know, kind of get back and, and advance their careers for a very long time. So the four of us got together and we launched this proof of concept like good MBA students, you know, do. We held an event and, and we invited a bunch of women and thought, okay, we'll see if women are interested in talking about themselves. You know, we do, we spend a lot of time talking about everyone else, but let's, focus this on ourselves. We had a panel of other women who had relaunched and uh, lo and behold, a hundred people showed up. And so from that, we decided, okay, this, there's definitely a need on the talent side. I knew, cause I had been consulting independently for 15 years that uh, a lot of the employers that I worked with frequently said to me, where can I find other, other women like you? And I was like, of course, my first answer was, there's no one else like me, but uh, of course, <laughs> no one like you, Candace. <laughs> but there's a lot of other women who are also wonderful and great. And so, you know, so we set about the business model being to very much be matchmakers, help women prepare themselves and get what they need to, you know, to do that relaunch and then help employers understand the value that these women bring in both flexible part-time arrangements, contract arrangements, as well as full-time placement. So that's what we do. Yeah. And I guess I used the word temp, but it was really, Jennifer was a contract employee. And so what year did you start the firm again? This first event that we had was in June of 2019. Mm -hmm. So before the pandemic and our first placement was in late August of 2019. So we've just been growing ever since this year in 2022, we've had about 30 placements already. Wow. Can you give us some examples of the kinds of placements and what the backgrounds are of some of the people you've placed? Sure. And, you know, we've morphed a bit, you know, going beyond pure, just relaunching women to women who are advancing their careers or pivoting careers. So um, recently, you know, we had one, uh, a woman who had done a relaunch, but she had already, she had been in advertising and marketing for many years, but she left the workforce to travel internationally with her family. Her husband was assigned jobs internationally. So she had been out of the country for some time and then came back here. Kids were empty nesters. You know, they, she was an empty nester and she was looking to return to work. She did some consulting, um, but really wanted a full-time role. And she was doing some contracting and um, then came to me about applying for a role that we were promoting with one of our clients, our corporate clients, um, ZS Associates, which is a management consulting firm headquartered in Evanston. And so she was actually going to apply for an associate level role there. And when she came to me, I said, you know, your experience is so great. 
there's a lead, which is kind of like the next level up. There's a marketing lead role. Let's, you know, recommend you into that position. So lo and behold, she, she got that position. She started there. Actually, I just met her for coffee last week. Um, she started there about three weeks ago and loves it. You know, she has an international team. She's working across um, functions and, and she feels like, you know, many women at this point in their career, when you, she's ready to put it into high gear. Right. And I think that's one of the misconceptions that we help dispel is because you're going to that next chapter um, does not mean that you're not willing to put in 110%. And you actually are kind of free to do that again. Right. You actually have the time. Your kids are gone. You, yeah. You're not carpooling. You know, you, you have the time and the energy probably. So that's one example. And then I, I'll give you another example. This, uh, this is a woman actually who had not taken time out of the workforce, but she was in Indiana. She followed her husband. He was on, worked for the railroad. And so she had to make a bunch of different job shifts frequently. And so when someone looked at her resume, they were concerned that she didn't have a consistent story because she was you know, doing these job shifts because she had to, she was moving all the time. And so, you know, we were able to advocate for her. Um, she also was studying for a PhD online because she was really yearning for more learning. So she was in that caught in the middle place where some people were saying she was overqualified because she was doing this PhD in accounting and she was applying for jobs that were more like accounting manager, right? Um, and she had this kind of odd past. So most employers weren't even looking at her and fortunately, we were able to advocate for her for a nonprofit here in town, actually a Center for Independent Futures, which serves um, adults with disabilities as their accounting manager. She works remotely, but comes in like one day a week to Evanston. And they are beyond excited because she's got way more experience and potential than most of the other candidates they would ever be able to consider. And for her, it's an opportunity to, you know, kind of set roots for a while. So so that's just another example of a recent placement we've had. Yeah, I mean, two amazing stories. So if we back up a little bit, when the women come to you, do you help them with their resumes? Do you help them with interview skills? Some of them may not be up to date with technology. So how do you work with these women when they come to you? Yeah, so our process is really, you know, the first thing we do is we ask them to, you know, kind of register for Next Group, which is free on our website, um, nextgroupus.com. And then if they want to do an intake, well, you know, either myself or my partner, Melanie, will do a 20 to 30 minute call, Zoom call with them and just talk about their objectives, their background, where they need help. And that's kind of then the impetus for figuring out whether this is something we can help with directly. So we, um, we don't do one-on-one -on -one coaching, uh, you know, for service, but what we can do is kind of give you the roadmap of the things to do. And if it comes to interview prep, resume, you know, Melanie, my partner who heads up our talent success team, we, all, we do interview prep for any of our candidates if they want it or if we think they need it. <laughs> um, and, you can probably tell pretty early on, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, and some people it's just, you know, you may not have had an interview in 20 years. Practice is important for anyone. So I know this week we have a bunch of candidates that Melanie was away for two weeks. So she's meeting with, I think, seven or eight candidates to do interview prep this week. So that's a lot of what we do. We hone in on that stage. If they need 
um, earlier, you know, like the broader picture of what do I want to do next? We have some assessments that we can do that can help them direct them into what are their, you know, strengths and skills. We're just kind of rolling that package of services out um, this fall. And then we also have a, a group of coaches that we recommend people to if they really do need, you know, a cohort. We have a partner called Evolve Me out of the East Coast that does a program called Reinvention Cohort. So if you're really doing that pivot, we'll recommend them or one-on-one coaches. And then we have weekly drop-in hours. So Melanie is available, you know, via Zoom for an hour and a half for any need, you know, that is in this totally free. Um, people can just go to our website, click on the Zoom link, and they can get advice on their search strategies. You know, how should they be looking? Where should they be looking? How should they be networking? She can look at their resume. She can do some on the on you know on spec interview prep. So we try to just be on demand in that way. Or sometimes it's just a conversation. You know, sometimes people will come on and be like, "I've sent this many resumes out, and I'm frustrated. You know, what do I do now?" And Melanie has an amazing way of of kind of turning that around to help them be constructive of where they can go next. That is an amazing offering. So basically they go online, they sign up and then they can decide if they need resume help, interviewing help. Is there a fee for this or how, how does that work? There's no fee. We do a, we do an annual conference, kind of like a hybrid online conference. And we will have, um, we also have quarterly programs and the annual conference, there's a fee for that. It's nominal, but for our drop-in services and for our intake, there's absolutely no fee. Um, our benefit is, is that we have more amazing women in our network and our business model is really focused on employment search fees, basically, when we place these women. So um, we feel like there's huge value in this, this untapped market for employers and, and are finding that that is in fact true, right? As you demonstrated. Of course. So, um, so that's kind of where our, our business model comes from. But, you know, part of our mission is to support women and to help them get to the place where they can take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, I mean, even for us, Jennifer had had a big marketing background and we really, starting with COVID, wanted to increase our social media and, you know, for us to hire a full-time marketing person, that wouldn't be efficient for us. So we got this, you know, skill that she had in her previous career to really help us and a typical office manager wouldn't have that skill. So that has been a success story for us. So you work a lot with women re-entering and, you know, I often find, I talk to a lot of my clients, especially women, because, you know, they've raised a family, they've worked full-time. I actually interviewed someone that said when she left her job of 40 years, she felt like she was running on a football field and she gets to the goal line and she collapsed. Mm -hmm. So you have a, uh, you know, I think a lot of women were, were caretakers. We're taking care of the family. If it's parents, we're working. And they often say to me, you know, I don't want to retire. I just don't want to work as hard as I'm working. I've been in corporate America. I might want to enter the nonprofit world. So you work with women like that all the time. What would be your process or suggestion for people like that? We do work with a lot of women. In fact, we've placed I'm proud to say a number of women in the past year that are in their seventies in, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm getting closer to that. So I'm so like, never too late, <laughs> never too late. Right. That is amazing. I yeah. told my mom who's 86 that I'm going to get her a job. <laughs> She's got to get off, <laughs> off her duff. Get that resume going, Candace. 
I mean, these are vibrant women who still have a lot to give. And what makes us different, so we work with small companies as well as, you know, nonprofits that may not be so dyed in the wool about who can lend value. And my advice would be for those women to, you know, to take stock of what are the transferable skills they have. Do need to quantify what the skills are that you bring, um, both soft and hard skills. And then from there, think about, okay, what setting do I want to do that? You know, do I want it to be part-time? I mean, we've placed a woman in a a church recently who was, you know, it was a part-time manager, chief of staff for the church operations. And it was beautiful for her. It was 10 minutes from her house. It was part-time. She had done a bunch of different things in her career, HR, as well as operations. So it made a really good fit for her. Part of it is like having in your mind, not going to the market and saying, I can do a lot of things. Yes, we can do a lot of things. No one hires, that's not a title, right? For a job, you have to help people help you by being rather specific. So I recommend to every woman that's looking, you know, have three kind of personas of themselves or, you know, we call them avatars in the tech world. Like this is me and this is me doing ABC thing in this environment. Can you give us some examples? Yeah, sure. So I spoke with a woman yesterday who has had a long career in communications. She also served as an ED for a a smallish nonprofit and she wants to go into a larger setting. And so we talked about one of her personas being her being a chief of staff. She wanted to take a little bit of a step back, you know, from being the one at the end of the day responsible. So she didn't want to go for that ED role, but a chief of staff role where she could, she feels like she's great at managing people. She's inspirational. And so, you know, kind of putting, putting some meat around that so that someone in her network could say, oh, okay. Yeah. I know that kind of person. It may be called head of operations in another place, but this is what in my head, they can picture what you want to do. And another role for her was continuing down the communications path, but doing it on a consulting basis. So strategic communications in a consulting environment. So that's what I say when you need to really have these kind of examples of yourself and what you want to do available. So when you reach out to your network, you're not just saying, I can do anything. And you probably can, but they can't, they can't hire you for the job of anything. That's not a position. So that's what we can help people do as well. And you mentioned before assessments. What are examples of some assessments some women come to you? Maybe a light bulb goes on after they do an assessment. Do you talk to them after or what's the process for that? Yeah, and and this is something we're just in beta with right now. So we're just piloting it and rolling it out. But the idea is if someone comes to me and says, I think I want to be an HR manager, right? Like that's what Mm -hmm. I think I want. They do one standard kind of assessment, but then we have the ability to look at thousands of positions and say, okay, how does that person based on this assessment that they've done, which is both, you know, them responding to situational things, as well as some cognitive assessment takes about 20 minutes. If they've done that assessment, then I can look and say, pull up HR manager and see where they fit with the needs of an HR manager job, and maybe where the areas that they might have more challenges in. So I think that's going to be really helpful for women who pivot. Oh, definitely. As well as the employers that we're working with, because sometimes we do need to give them some evidence. Oh, yeah, she can do this, right? So I, mm-hmm. I can say, well, we've assessed, you know, Mary Jane and, she, you know, her skills are really in line with this role. And here's a couple areas that maybe she would need training on early on. 
So, so that's the way we're hoping to employ in this particular set of tools. Because a lot of times folks do have ideas, but they're like, I'm not sure I could do it. I don't know if I'd be good at it. And they need something concrete that says, yeah, you could, or here's what you could do you need to work on first. I see a lot on LinkedIn and you have a lot of great companies. What is your target group for companies that you're looking to place candidates in? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question because I'm sure there might be people watching. I think there's listeners that might want to call you. So (laughs) I would say the target is small to medium size entrepreneurial based companies. So not a particular industry, but, you know, small to medium sized companies. And we work about half of our businesses with the nonprofit sector as well. We do really well in those roles. A lot of the women that we work with are interested in their next chapter being, you know, something where they is mission based those two places. And then the third, I would say, are companies of any size that are committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we're working with a national law firm now, Saul Ewing, for example, where, you know, they have 18, maybe more offices. We are working with them to provide recommendations for staff roles for women and for persons of color. So we are being very intentional in the work that we do to diversify our own network of women to make sure it represents the full breadth and depth of women in the workplace. So this past year um, of all of our placements in in this year, in 2022, we've had roughly half of those be women of color and half of those be, you know, Caucasian women. So we're trying to really provide that exposure And some of that then is also helping, you know, a broader set of women get the social capital and access to, you know, network that other people take for granted. So that's part of our mission. So I would say you could be a big company if you really are intentional about DEI and you want to work with an organization that is also woman-led and focused on DEI to help you with that. Yes. So you're women-led, you're helping women. It's just perfect. I love it. So um, you mentioned you do a conference. Is it once a year? Well, we had our first one in April. And so we're going to do that again. I'm not sure if it'll be winter or spring. And that was a hybrid conference called Women First, uh, where we had a both in-person component and then online components so folks from other areas could join. And when in the past, we've done typically another two or three types of programs, more structured programs throughout the year. And they could be anything from uh, what we're going to focus on this fall will be some more panels where you can, I mean, it's really important for women to see other women who have done it Mm -hmm. in different environments. So we'll do a couple panels, workshops that will likely be online. And then we're going to do some employer uh, panels too, which Sherry, you might be getting a request for participation. <laughs> Love panels. Happy to do it. <laughs> and, and that's for them to you know, get an idea of, okay, these are the types of employers that I could work for, right? In different settings. Right. So, so we'll be doing that, but I don't have the actual dates quite yet. And then we are, when we're trying to do some community building things too, because we found when we have live like networking events and we have women there who we've placed and we've had employers there that it's just really uplifting for other women because this can be a really daunting process when you get into it. And you might, um, it's great to hear from others, you know, how they did it, how Next Group helped, how they can help each other. Cause that's, you know, that's part of the secret sauce too is women supporting other women. Yeah, I just have another question that came to me. Yeah. How did you come up with the name? Oh gosh, we had some focus groups that we did early on and we tried to think about like what people were saying. And it tend to go back to, I need help figuring out what's next. What's next for me? 
what's next for my family? Like, can I, my family manage this? And then on the business side, you know, we are helping businesses and organization gets to their what, what's next by bringing them this talent. So, so that's really how it came up. And we decided next group was general enough that we could continue to grow and change. And it was right. specific enough that we're- <laughs> No, I love the name. That's great. <laughs> uh, it's we can great. always help people to what's next. Um, so that was really the origination of the name. And it sounds like most of the women are probably either mid-career or- you know, their kids are being launched. Do you deal with younger women too? Or is it mostly, you know, people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s? I'm just surprised about. I would say really, as we've broadened the types of positions that we're working on, we're reaching into a, a younger audience. And we just actually hired one of my team members, um, Kim Glover, is her passion is helping younger women advance in the workplace. And so we're building relationships with younger women. We've done some entry-level job placements and even younger men who, you know, uh, who don't have access to the types of advice that we are able to give people. I mean, most people don't work with a search firm until they get later in their career or may never work with a search firm. Mm -hmm. And so we're providing that level of experience and expertise for folks you know, that have never talked to an executive recruiter. So want to be able to do that with younger, with younger women too. And we are more and more. And I'm, I'm a connector and I love connecting people and your uh, newsletter is great because it always lists all the offerings. So if you can tell our listeners again, your website and how they can subscribe to your newsletter, because often it may be for a friend or someone else they want to help. There's a wide variety of openings currently. Mm -hmm. I just referred you a friend because I saw one that I thought would, would be great. So give us your website. Our website is www.next group us because you know we're going to go global at some point next group us.com and then they go to the join us page basically on the navigation and and it's very it's a few questions to register you get our weekly newsletter we don't share information uh, we have about 2500 people on our in our talent network right now obviously majority of them are women but as you said sherry a lot of people are on that newsletter distribution that aren't necessarily searching right now but right. may see things that are great people in their network or people that they care about you know and right. so that's that's part of um, what we hopefully bring by having this community of women helping other women sometimes our friends need a nudge or two or yeah. 10 um, so, right. You know, title of this podcast is maximize your return on life. And I think if you can help someone find a satisfying job where they feel great about going to work every day, you're helping them maximize your return on life. So that's why I love, I look at your newsletter all the time, just cause I, I peruse through it to see if I know someone. And if there is a job that looks interesting, they just click on it and you guys pre-screen them and get the ball rolling. Correct. Yes. That's exactly what we do. So we would, we would be in touch from there. Great. And any key takeaways through the years that you started this company that you could give some advice? I know you've already given some already, but any takeaways for women that are thinking of pivoting or reentering the workforce? I would say my most important takeaway is don't expect to have it all figured out before you make the next step. You know, that is the critical piece is a lot of this is trying something. It may not be exactly what, you know, you ultimately want to land, but it's, it's about, you know, experimenting and, and us helping you experiment to figure out like what is exactly the right fit. I find 
way too often, you know, we are great planners as women and we are great at thinking out about all the things that could go wrong with any particular situation. It gets in the way of us taking that next step. So I, I would say, you know, taught, have a buddy, whether it's one of us or someone else that you play those things out with and you get them out there, all your concerns or the what ifs um, and, and help you set some of those aside. Some of them may be really important, but set those mm -hmm. aside and try something, you know, try something, whether that's having a conversation with someone different in a different business or a different industry, because you want to learn about it or it's actually taking a contract role because you want to test something out, you know, try something. And I think you have to be open-minded. You might go in thinking that your path is going to be one way. And after maybe they do an assessment or talk to you or meet with someone, it may be a different way. So I think patience of being open-minded is probably very beneficial. Yeah, so. for sure, sure, for sure. Yeah. And I, uh, just because I can't help myself, I, I do financial planning yeah. for a living at Rappaport Rikers Capital Management. And often, again, um, we do planning for these mid-career professionals who maybe are working full-time and they'd like to go nonprofit or they'd like to go part-time, but they don't know if they can do it financially. So we do, a, you know, there's often the job side of it, but then there's a the financial side and they often, you know, you want to make sure your family is taken care of and that this move, even if it's a reduction of salary that may give you more excitement in your career, a good financial plan is really important before you make a big career change or a big decision. So yeah, can't help myself, just have to plug it as part of the podcast. So this has been, I'm so glad that we talked because I, you know, I've through your newsletter that, you know, we keep running into each other at coffee shops and ice cream places <laughs> yeah, yeah. and food places and we, we chit chat, but it, it was really great to dive in because I just feel what you're doing can benefit so many people. I've always been an advocate for women to understand their financial situation and for women in the workforce, uh, love mentoring women. So I, I'm just so glad there's this opportunity. And I know there'll be many, many more referrals. And I think our listeners will be contacting you. Uh, we'll be putting everything about Candice on our on the website so you can reach her. But before we end, I ask everyone uh, on this podcast, how do you maximize your return on life, Candice? Well, um, I would say right now I'm just trying to work, and this is work on being more present in the moment, slowing down, and kind of making investments and in experiences more than anything else. In my 20s, you know, again, I mentioned I was raised by my mom. You know, she did not have, she never graduated high school. We did not have much money. So it was always about I needed to be independent. I needed to make money. I needed to not depend on a man. And so I spent my, 20s, 30s, you know, just focused on working as hard as I could and accruing as much as I can and not being satisfied. Like that was, I, that was my goal, never to be satisfied. And I think I just laugh at that now because <laughs> for, I want to be satisfied. I want to be content. Now, I don't disrespect that part of my life because it, it was important and it is how I am here and where I am right now. But now it's more about investing in friendships and relationships and, and helping others and just seeing whatever I've gotten over the course of the years and learning how I can transfer that onto others and help others. So that's kind of my ROI in life, I think. Yeah, that's great. And it, it probably comes down to your, I mean, we always say this values, you know, community, helping people, 
helping yourself. And I know you, you know, health is a big one because you're a triathlete. Let's not forget <laughs> that. So, well, Candace, this was great having you on the podcast. I learned a lot. I hope our listeners will be inspired that again, it's never too late to relaunch, to pivot. You have a lot of unbelievable resources that can help them along the journey. And I hope that they contact you and look into what their future can be to help maximize their return on life. If you'd like to learn more about our firm, Rappaport Rikus Capital Management, and how we can help you maximize your return on life, please visit our website at rrcapital.com. I also have my own website, sherrygrecorikus.com. So all the links on how to find us, how to find Candace will be on our website. Thank you, Candace. And I look forward to a mutually beneficial relationship for both of us. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Sherry. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Great. Thanks.